Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Good to be with you on a Saturday afternoon in the great state of Texas. Hope that you're enjoying your first weekend in June. I assume by now the kids are out of school for the entire state. Uh, Some kids are in private school. Some kids are in public school. Most kids are in public school, so I'm sure that's a majority of kids. I don't know. A lot of kids are homeschooled. Some kids don't. You know, they they have their school year-round. But in general, school is out for summer, all right? So uh, we'll talk a little bit about what the summer may look like. But also what came to an end this week was the Texas legislative session. Now, let me qualify that. The regular session came to an end. There's a lot of talk and a lot of buzz around the state about whether or not there will be a special session. So we're going to find out pretty soon. And that's going to be real interesting to see what happens But, uh, you know, we don't know um, how that's going to turn out. I'm going to talk a little bit more in detail about that and the prospects of a special session. The fact that no law was passed to make sure that we don't allow boys in a girl's bathrooms in public schools and in other government buildings. That's a big reason why people are asking for a special session. But a lot to cover. I'm going to try to wrap up the legislative session, if you will, with some detail. But I'll certainly be bringing it up in future segments of this show. It's hard to cover all, you know, five months in 26 minutes, but we'll get into a little bit of that. But before we get into that detail, I want to jump right in with our guest today. We've got a special guest today on the Texas Values Report, and it's Senator Donna Campbell. And not only is she a Texas senator from the Central Texas area, she's my state senator. So I'm going to be talking to her Somewhat as an advocate, but also as a constituent. So we'll see how that goes. But Senator Campbell was elected in 2012. She was the 15th woman ever elected to serve in the Senate, born on a naval base, grew up with great respect for the military. She actually serves as the chair of the Veterans Affair and Border Security for the Texas Senate. She hails from New Braunfels as her hometown. She's an emergency room physician, and it's not just a title. I mean, she balances her work as a state leader and a state senator, but also has a very active practice, if you will, or an, an active role as an emergency room physician. And so often she's able to bring that experience to the table and to the floor, if you will, of the Senate when these type of medical issues come up. So, Senator Campbell, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thank you so much. It is great to join you, as always. Well, we're g- glad to have you on. The legislative session ended, and I want to talk about a couple of things that we had involvement in and things that are interest to us. First of all, there was a bill that was passed, Senate Bill 8, and it dealt with preventing partial birth abortions, preventing dismemberment abortions, preventing the sale of baby body parts. We know that issue came up when Planned Parenthood got exposed in some videos a year or so ago. And that was a very important issue. That was one of the lieutenant governor's priorities, ended up passing the Senate. But um, it wasn't until later that it actually passed the House almost right towards the end, kind of a pattern of the House over there of taking a little bit longer to get things done. But these issues of protecting life, protecting the dignity of unborn children and human beings has been something that's always been a part of your existence, your values, your views, and your work at the Senate. Tell us a little bit about your involvement with that issue and the legislation that's on its way to be signed by the governor. 
Well, I was very happy to be part of that. Um, anything we can do to stop the disgusting practice of selling baby parts, I mean, for money, is uh, it's inhumane. I, I think it's, it's heinous, and I'm glad that we stop that. We, you know, can't do research on the babies from abortion. No partial birth. Uh, you can't sell the baby parts. I mean, that is just... When somebody stops to think about that, just like we saw in the videos, it's, it's just heinous and unimaginable. And when that was revealed, we felt we were, we were compelled to do something. And uh, this... SB8, I am proud to say, and I know it took a bit, but they did at least pass it in the House. And it does ban uh, abortions which, where the physician performing this has the intent of killing a partially delivered living baby. You know, and, and that is... It's unconscionable. It's, I mean, you think about it, it's unconscionable. It and, you know, it, it saddens you sometimes to think... We've got to be so specific in law, but that's the way some folks involved in this industry, if you will, operate. Unless you've got something that specifically says you can't do it this way or you can't do it that way, they seem to be looking for a way to get around these type of things. You know, I had the honor of representing a woman named Gianna Jessen on a brief that was filed at the U.S. Supreme Court some years ago when we were trying to make sure that partial birth abortion was banned at the federal level. You know, this law relates to making sure that we've got that protection against those type of things at the state level. She, the abortion that was attempted on her, she was seven and a half months along in the womb. So she was pretty close to full term when this procedure was performed on her and she wasn't supposed to survive. And she did. And it's quite amazing. She's a very strong pro-life advocate now and able to use her voice for a very important issue as a survival survivor. Excuse me. You work in the medical field. You work as an emergency room physician. I'm sure you see quite often situations where there are life and death things going on where people are hoping that their life is saved. And so I, I, you know, I can imagine yeah. the dynamics that play out when you think about what's happening with abortion. And here you are so often probably you know, in contact with people that have a real sense of the preciousness of life. Yes. Well, our whole goal as a physician, uh, which makes it difficult for me to understand abortionists, but our, our whole teaching, our, where we hail from as we study medicine, is to protect life, conquer illness, and give people a better life, not go take life away. So it is in direct conflict with the profession that I do, and that's why I can't understand abortionists who just take a life, or they know this baby can live with the technology we have today, and they take that life, or that life is born, partially born, and they take that baby's life. Yeah, and no. it's not, and they're doing it not at the, not at saving the mother. But at least with SBA, the physician who is doing a partial birth abortion 
they would now be subject to a felony. Yeah, no, th- this so, is, and, and it raises a jail, things. A state, state jail phone. It raises things to the level of where they should be to show that respect for life and that there are consequences when you violate these laws. One other thing that came up that, and not to say this issue does not impact people in your district, but something that was drawing a lot of attention from your district came up during the legislative session. The Texas Privacy Act, Senate Bill 6 by Lois Corkhorst, was passed by the Senate dealing with making sure that we don't have local entities like school district that are creating policies that are allowing boys into girls' bathrooms and violating the privacy of young people in showers, locker rooms, and things of that nature. This all stems from what happened with uh, President Obama at the time that he was in office trying to force public schools to do this. We had a Texas federal judge say that you can't force schools to do this, yet you've got some school districts still thinking either that they have to or they're going to do it without telling anyone. So we had an issue come up in your district in Dripping Springs where the school district refuses to be transparent and to have any public information to the parents about why they developed a policy or practice of allowing an elementary school boy to use the girls' bathroom. So we had Senate Bill 6, which was a solution. It's not just a problem in Dripping Springs, but other places where you have girls testifying, young girls in elementary school on this issue at the Capitol saying it makes them very uncomfortable and concerned to have a boy in their bathroom. There was um, a, a family we worked with in Dripping Springs. The girl already had a sensitivity to anxiety that was triggered and exacerbated by the fact of her thinking that a boy was going to be in her bathroom when she was going to school. They didn't tell the parents about this ahead of time over in Dripping Springs. So talk to us a little bit about how that played out during the session and the fact that we ended up with the bill. It passed the Senate, but not the House. Well, thank you for that. Um, There were a couple of schools, one in Fort Worth, one in Dripping, that exactly that happened. Uh, Little... Um, in Dripping Springs, it was a little boy uh, who's at age, let's see, second grade. It was for sure in second grade. And then awareness came about when the child was third grade. Little boy, uh, parents, parents said the child self-identified as a little girl. So it was going to the little girl's bathroom. Yes, parents did not know this. And so as a result, and with, with your association, your health brought all this, um, of course, I was aware of it and interacted with the superintendent who had wanted nothing to do with, with us. But we heard a lot of testimony over the interim, and we eventually did get to pass Senate Bill which is also known as the Texas Privacy Act. And that act takes into account the privacy of all Texans, our children, our elderly, disabled. I mean, think about where they are the most vulnerable, in a bathroom or a shower or a locker room. And this bill prohibits men or boys from going into women's restrooms and vice versa. And it's not necessarily because we feel unsafe, but... I mean, look what we do in our own home. We close the door. And if there's people around, we lock it because we just don't want somebody walking in on us. So it's a common sense policy. 
And let me let me say this. You know, the left, secular left, talks a lot about safe spaces. But when moms and daughters actually want to request a safe space from the opposite sex in a place where the opposite sex has never been welcomed before, you know, the progressives act like we're asking for something radical. Yet they are the radical ones trying to force new definitions of biology on us while trying to deny just the traditional standard that has stood the test of time. And they confuse a gender identity with actual biological sex. And they are not one and the same. You are born with a, a measurable biology, an X and a Y, and there are some that are mixture, but the parents define that at birth. So it is clear. This is not about what you think you are. It is about maintaining privacy. And that's what it is. You're right. It, it all started with the letter that Obama sent out from his education secretary. He wanted a anything goes policy. But I'll tell you, SB6 is about maintaining and protecting the thoughtful consideration always given toward respecting the privacy of people in certain places. And people have that right. You know, this is about not only protecting privacy in schools for children, but protecting private business so they can set their own policy. They should be the ones to dictate that, not cities or ordinances. You know, our state agencies, again, they need to provide privacy in our public restrooms. And nothing about this bill took away the option for an individual bathroom for somebody who has uh, a different gender preference than what they're biologically born with. Well, and that's right. And, so this, and that option is still there. We're, we're talking with Senator Donna Campbell from the Central Texas area. Her district goes all the way up into Austin and all the way down, if you will, I-35 into the San Antonio area. We're talking about some things that happened during the legislative session, talking about the Texas Privacy Act. There's a lot of talk. That bill passed the Senate, did not pass the House. You know, And the need for it to have some consistent law across the state on this issue, I think, is even highlighted by the fact that um, we're involved in a Freedom of Information Act request battle with Dripping Springs. They, char- they want to charge us $275,000 just for them to turn over some documents. You got to wonder what, what they're withholding if it costs that much money, as they say, for them to put these documents together. But nonetheless, all right, so SB6 passed yeah. the Senate, didn't pass the House, didn't even get out of a House committee. A lot of talk about uh, a possible special session. I know they're you know, the, I know your support was there for the Privacy Act. There are other issues, property tax reform, some other things that you have concerned out. I saw, I've seen that you've put out a letter about this annexation bill that was killed at the end yeah. of the session, and your concern in asking also for a special session. What do you think the chances are that we see a special session from Governor Abbott? Well, I do believe that we will see one because a bill that um, has to be passed is called the Sunset Bill, and we that's where agencies will go away if the bill is not passed. And some of the agencies, one specifically, Texas Medical Board, uh, 
it has to be passed before September or that goes away. And the Texas Medical Board provides licensing and certification for physicians. So we will we will have to come back for that. Now, that's called sunset. But the other thing, I don't know if, if Governor Abbott will call them or not. I know personally he he is very you know, he's committed to protecting the privacy of our children, our women, you know, so the Texas Privacy Act is important. We all want to have a decrease in property tax. Uh, annexation, I have the vote to pass that. It was filibustered in the last, in the 11th hour, literally. <laughs> yeah, literally, no so, doubt. Yeah, so those are some things that are definitely on the radar but I don't know if they'll be called back or not. I was very disappointed that, and this doesn't relate to SB 6 or 8, but, you know, school choice. It does relate to, you know, parents' rights. School choice did not get passed. Uh, we did have, we passed it out of the, out of the Senate. Just a, a small version, but even a small version of it did not get passed in the House. So that, that was all disappointing. I, I was very happy for some of the things that we did get done in the Veterans Affairs and Border Security, which was push back on wind farms encroachment on our military bases and increasing the mental health awareness for our veterans and actually putting some, some dollars to that. And that we passed Sanctuary Cities and Convention of States. Now, that wasn't in my committee, but at least we did that in the Senate. And that's all about just the laws and not being, having the, you know, Sanctuary City is about. Um, it's being a nation of laws, convention of states, not being pushed around by the federal government. The Texas Privacy Act came about because President Obama, you know, sends out a new policy, everything goes. Well, that's being run over by us being run over by federal government. We don't want that. Well, no, those are great updates from some very important things that happened during the session and, you know, a lot of talk was by the end of this week that we'd find out from the governor if there'll be a special session. I don't think it's going to be that long if we continue to not hear anything for specifically. I think, you know, it's something that the, the governor probably doesn't want to hang out there too long for people to keep asking him about it and wonder. So who knows? By the time we bring you the next Texas Values Report, we may have an update on that issue, which will be will change things quite significantly. And I don't think it'll be a surprise. At all. I mean, there's a lot of things that were left undone this session that were very concerning. The sunset issue, property tax reform, the bill you talked about on annexation that killed, got killed at the last minute um, on midnight. So it's very likely we'll be back. Well, it's always a joy, though, to get to talk to you about the issues of faith, family, and freedom. Thank you. There are some religious liberty issues that were passed that we're waiting for the governor to sign, and then we're going to talk in more detail about them when that happens, but you'll hear more about that from us. And so, look, and I just want to tell you as a constituent, thank you for your service to the district that I live in and the great state of Texas. Well, thank you, Jonathan. And I want to tell you that your group, Texas Values, is very instrumental, very instrumental in helping us pass good legislation that goes far to protecting our family values. 
and our Texas values. That's what makes Texas great, right? I couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> so, and I'll, and I'll tell you, if we don't protect our Texas values and stand together, I would ask everybody, do we just want to Texas to move? Exactly. No, you're right. There is not another Texas to move to. It's been a delight and an honor to have Senator Donna Campbell as our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Senator Campbell. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Well, that's great. An update from one of the leaders of the Texas Senate on what just happened during the legislative session. You know, having the voice and the experience of a doctor, an emergency room physician on the House, excuse me, the Senate floor is so valuable. And that's just one part of what Donna Campbell brings to the table. She is a strong fighter of so many important issues. So we'll have her back another time to talk about those issues. But we're going to find out pretty soon here if we're going to have a special session and what that means. Look, there's just about three weeks left in June, three and a half weeks. Still time for you to give. Go to txvalues.org if you appreciate the work that we do. You appreciate this show. There are costs surrounding all of these type of things. But it allows us to be that voice for faith, family, and freedom. You know, we've got over 100,000 people that are on our email list. We've got thousands of people that care about the work that we do. We mail something out every month on these type of issues to keep people informed in a hard copy version, if you will. And so, you know, if you go on Facebook, there's over 200,000 people that are fans of our page. You can see, just to give you an idea of our reach is partly what I'm trying to do. But we've worked on issues in San Antonio. We've worked on issues in Houston, Fort Worth, Dallas, even the Colleen issue last Christmas when this teacher was told that she had to tear down a poster regarding a decoration for the Christmas season, which she was told she could do. But then all of a sudden, the poster that she put up had the word Christ in it, even though it was a quote from the Charlie Brown Christmas movie. It was a quote from Linus. They still forced her to take it down. We ended up filing a lawsuit on her behalf and won in court to get that poster back up. So if you want to know a little bit more about what we do at Texas Values, not just the legislative work, but every now and then we got to go into court and go to battle, and we will when we have to. You know, we, we're a voice for you every day. I mean, we're in we're on radio interviews, television interviews, online interviews, you name it. Um, our social media presence, we do a Facebook Live session at least once a week to give you a live update of what's happening on the ground. We have five full-time staff members and a couple of other folks that do contract work for us. I have a law degree. We've got a lawyer that does work for us that argued and clerked at the U.S. Supreme Court one of the most talented lawyers in the uh, country. And he also worked with us on our Texas Supreme Court case that we argued earlier this year. Even though the U.S. Supreme Court has said that marriage by people of the same sex has to be recognized in our courts, they have not said that we have to use our tax dollars to fund those arrangements or the, in those scenarios or, if you will, to subsidize them by using tax dollars to offer same-sex benefits and insurance benefits based on those arrangements. The court hasn't said that. We have a law that says you can't do that. So you got to follow the law. And so we filed a lawsuit. We won. 
And then the other side appealed, and then we had to appeal the Texas Supreme Court because at the appeal level, the court ruled against us, saying that, oh, the court ruled marriage is, is no longer between man and a woman, so you can't have laws regarding benefits. That's not what the U.S. Supreme Court said. U.S. Supreme Court said did not go any farther than simply saying that people, two people of the same sex have a right to get a marriage license. So we're not engaged in any efforts to try to prevent someone from getting that marriage license. The lawsuit is about saying that it's illegal to use tax dollars to give benefits based on that. It is. I mean, we have a state law on it. It's, uh, there's a local law in Houston. That's where the lawsuit started. So you can give a tax-deductible donation today to Texas Values at txvalues.org. Our fiscal year ends at the end of June, right? So you think about people, you, your personal taxes, they end at the end of December. That's not how it works for us. We go from July 1 to June 30th. So it, in order for us to meet the expenses we have, to have an office two blocks from the Capitol, even though it's an interior space, as we like to say, we don't have any windows for our office. That's the way we keep it affordable, but it still does cost a, a good chunk of money for us to do that every month, to have that presence. Um, that's part of what we do, to have the legal team, to have the policy team like Nicole Hudgens and the background that David Walls has, who's got two master's degree, an MBA and a, um, also a master's in public policy Andy Hogue, who we added to to do our communications work earlier this year with a ton of talent and background experience. TXValues.org is the best investment you're going to make in the state of Texas for faith, family, and freedom. If you want a voice for the issues that you care about on faith, family, and freedom, I encourage you, give today, give a tax deductible today to Texas Values at TXValues.org. That wraps up our show for this week. We'll look forward to seeing you next week on the Texas Values Report.